come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to give some tips for parents when they're reading at home with their kids. And the goal is if you're a parent, you'll get some ideas to improve and deepen your reading time with your child. And if you're a teacher, maybe this will give you some ideas you can share with your parents. Or maybe you can just send this podcast home to give them some tips. Okay, so let's start with picture books. Because that begins at the very beginning of when your kids are just tiny, that you sit and hold your children on your knees and read them picture books. I love the time that I get to cuddle with my little kids on my lap and just read a good picture book with them. There's nothing more special than that one-on-one or three-on-one. Let's be real. (laughs) Three-on-one. Scoot over. I need more room. She's poking me. Get out of the way. (laughs) That's a special time. (laughs) And I think that... uh, Picture books can have a deeper academic level and a deeper meaning. Uh, they can have more meaning than we give them credit for. There's there's more there than you realize when you just think you're reading a picture book. So when um, researchers talk about children coming to school with 3,000 hours of lap time, that's exactly what they're talking about. They're talking about the time that is shared with a parent and a child or children reading picture books. And the most important thing, of course, is to snuggle and read the story to your child for the sake of enjoyment and the purpose of reading. But there are so many things that you can do that will actually help your child move to deeper levels of understanding or to deeper levels of skills when you're reading. So give us an example of how parents can deepen the understanding in a picture book reading. Okay, well, for example, one thing that is very easy is to work on comprehension because after you've read the story, The first time, reread the story again, and then ask your child comprehension questions throughout the story about, um, you know, what happened here and what happened here and and another idea. How is this child feeling right now and that kind of thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. So another thing you can do to build comprehension skills besides having your child, asking your child what the story is about questions is asking your child to retell the story. And this really builds and deepens knowledge of a lot of important reading skills that are necessary for for your child to become an emergent reader. And one thing that children love to do is to retell the story. Another thing is acting out stories. And even if there's just you and one child, you can act out a story and it's lots of fun for the kids to do. Like, I'll be Goldilocks and you be all the bears? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. You be Chicken Little and I'll be all the other animals? Yeah. And it's it's handy if you have a dog, because when Lindsay was little, (laughs) we acted out stories and Rosie played all of the animals in the story. (laughs) Rosie, our little toy poodle. (laughs) She was a great little everything. And so through retelling and um, comprehension questions, 
It will deepen your child's understanding of what makes a story a story. And actually, there's common core standards for that. That's key elements and details within text. Mm-hmm. I, I think picture books are so good for kids because the pictures provide them so much support in understanding stories at a deeper level than the maybe the text even says. You know, they can show how characters are feeling. They can talk about even there's things like foreshadowing. You know the picture will give a clue about something that's going to happen later. Jan Brett stories have that all the time where she'll add to her illustrations a foreshadowing of what's coming next and things like um, uh, prediction. Oh yeah, making predictions. Yeah, picture books are a good way to Mm -hmm. learn how to make And context clues. Context clues. Because that's such an important thing for kids to be able to do when they become independent readers is yeah. to gain context from pictures. And inference. They can infer things from the pictures that weren't in the text. And I think there's a lot of scaffolding there in a picture book to help children really understand the nuts and bolts of a story, just like you said. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that all parents tend to do at least I did, was you get really excited for your child to become an independent reader. And so as soon as they reach the stage where they show an interest in guided readers or they start coming home from school, it seems like your reading time is taken up mostly with the guided reading um, attention. With having the child read to you. Yeah, whereas it's really actually in the beginning stages of reading, it is really more important that you're reading to your child. And like for 30 minutes, if you have 30 minutes, 20 minutes should be used for you reading to your child and the other 10 should be used for your child reading to you because listening comprehension is imperative. If your child can't listen to stories, retell, make predictions, infer, um, gain meaning from context clues in picture books, they're really going to have a difficult time moving over to guided reading. Another very important thing is vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Vocabulary is key. Your child needs to hear those big words. They need to hear them in context of, of rich, richly written sentences. Mm-hmm. I, have a very, I have very clear memories of being a little kid and reading books, like simple guided reader, reader books and thinking, I mean, I clearly remember thinking, books are boring. Reading is so boring. And I think sometimes it's really good not to drop the picture books because guided readers are boring. <laughs> guided readers are boring. They're really dull. <laughs> they are. And I think we need to hold on to that read aloud portion to show kids, you know, no, this is this is where you're going. This is where we're getting to. I don't know. And there's a lot of correlation in research that shows that the more a child is read to with picture books, the greater advantage they will have when entering school and the greater the advantage they'll have going on. So even when your child beca- becomes proficient at guided readers and they're reading at 
levels of independence, you know, H and beyond, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's really important to know that still at that time, it is imperative that you're still reading books to your child. And that's a great time to move perhaps to chapter books um, for allowed time. And I know that that was always a favorite in our family to read um, books. Babe, Babe the Gallant together. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the one I remember you reading to me. There was one that I know we liked about some mouse at Christmas time. Can you remember that one? No. I don't know what yeah. that one was. I remember that one. But um, we used to read lots of classics like Swiss Family Robinson and Treasure Island because. You know, those are the books that really interest dad in the family. <laughs> and, you know, they're the classics. You want your kids to hear those stories. And, and Well, another to... thing you haven't mentioned, I don't think, is when kids hear stories read aloud, they hear what fluent readers sound like. And then as they become a reader, they know what they're supposed to emulate. They, they know what it, what a fluent reader should sound like. Yeah, exactly. I know that um, I've been asked to tutor kids a lot. Um, and every time I tutor them, that's one of the giant problems they have is they're unable to read fluently. And one time I tutored an adult that was really struggling. Um, he was a missionary for his church, and he was really struggling with the work that he was being asked to do. So I was asked to tutor him. And I just found that he could read, but he couldn't read fluently and he couldn't read with expression. And so basically he was boring himself to pieces (laughs) (laughs) because he was reading so slowly and methodically that reading was boring to him. all the meaning got just lost. Yeah. And so what I did with him is I started reading aloud to him some stories and and he was getting kind of excited about him. And so I gave him um, picture books, just kid picture books for him to read, but ones that I thought would interest him. Mm-hmm. And I think pulling, you know, I think demonstrating for him that um, modeled reading of how reading should sound and how reading should look is just so important. And if we do it when our children are young, they're just going to be prepared and ready to attack what comes ahead for them. Another thing is read aloud books on tape. Now, back in the olden days... Now you can just play them on YouTube. What are you talking about playing books on tape? <laughs> yeah, well, you can play them on YouTube, but you have a visual prompt there. That's and true. That- you don't really want a visual prompt always because the visual, the visual of seeing the book being read does not build the same brain waves and connectivity in the brain as listening to a story read You know what my aloud. kids like to hear? And this I think this would go along the same way as my kids, because I clearly like podcasts. <laughs> my kids like to listen to um, audio stories as they're falling asleep at night. So I just found some kid podcasts and they listen to those stories at night. There's there's quite a few that they enjoy. There's one called Bedtime History, and he tells them stories about people from history. And there's 
one called Wow in the World that they love that tells about sci- interesting science facts and ideas. And Yes, your middle child taught me all kinds of things about the ear. Because <laughs> of Wow in the World. He told me, do you know where I learned all this stuff about the ear? Because I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And he said, yeah, it's called Wow in the World. <laughs> well, there's another one we just found called Story Pirates, which... Is so adorable because kids write them stories and then they turn it into an audio story. They take the kid's story and turn it into a little audio play and they act out the whole story that the kid wrote. It's so adorable. I'm trying to get my oldest to write them a story. We'll see if he will. <laughs> I hope so. He's a He's got a great imagination. I think that because, go, you know, in today's world, YouTube is the go-to, and visual stories are so paramount, and it's so easy. They're to, so readily accessible. To, they're readily available mm-hmm. that I really do think people are missing that component of um, the importance of auditorily listening to a story, because if a child's auditorily listening, then there's a there's a different level of the brain that's working. Mm-hmm. And kids are actually able to build metacognition, um, making pictures in their brain. Basically, is what metacognition is. And a visualization of making the picture in your head. In your head, that yeah. they'll need later when they're reading without picture books. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah, that. you'll. They'll definitely need those skills. So, make sure that you're finding those opportunities. And all those podcasts sound like great ideas. I mean, if you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> Then you're into podcasts, and you're going to um, find all those great titles that Lindsay just mentioned. You know, you can go old school. And if you know of any others school. that my kids might enjoy, you're welcome to email us and tell me about them, because I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and you can go old school, and you can go to the public library, because I know that they have books with cassettes that you can check out, even, and... Um, probably CDs. Books on CD. <laughs> probably books on CDs. Yeah, you're of course, way you'd have old school. Well, you'd have to have the technology to do it, but it's free. And I love my kids um, in my classroom. I have a listening center that I use the old time cassette because old time cassettes are really easy for kids to um, use. They're easy to rewind and fast forward and play and. And I'm sure you could find on eBay tons and tons and tons of audio stories. I also love Audible. Audible has a whole bunch if you want to purchase them. I love Audible. I got a whole bunch of Junie B. Jones audiobooks from Audible and Ready Freddy, and the kids like listening to those as they fall asleep too. Because yeah. who doesn't love Junie B. Jones, really? Well, everybody Junie B. Does. Jones is. <laughs> hilarious so what listening to books auditorily is doing is building listening comprehension and the ability to use metacognition or making pictures in the brain both of those are two really important skills for a child to become a reader so just in summary we've talked about how it's important to read aloud picture books to your child and then after you've read it once through for fun, you can deepen the knowledge and talk about story structure and vocabulary and that kind of thing. And, and kids also need to hear stories. Um, they need to hear audio-only stories. So any other tips for reading aloud? or? Yeah. Um, 
Yes, also there's the strategies when you're reading aloud of, ha- of pointing at the words while you're reading and having your child helping your child point at the words and um, what letter is this and all of the phonics skills that you can kind of play with your kids. Um, kids love that and of course that's helping them. So should we talk a little bit about how to help your kid if they are to the point where they're bringing home easy guided readers and you want to help your child read on their own at home? Mm-hmm. So in my last school, they had a guided reading library that the librarians, um, you turned in as a teacher, the child's guided reading level, and then they took home one book a day in a baggie and then the parents have the child read it to them and they sign and return and I'm sure that's in a lot of schools in in place across the nation it's in your school right all right I think the first tip I would give parents is to make sure that their child is pointing at the words in the story that's like the number 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 one thing if nothing else point to the words we had a reading recovery teacher specialist come and talk to us and give us some professional development. And she said the way they teach it to the kids is point to the words so your eyes know where to look and your mouth knows what to say. I liked that. That's, that's kind of a summary of reading strategies. Of Mine is point to the words your voice is saying. Mm-hmm. And get your mouth ready to say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of, she just kind of took those uh, number so one and two reading strategies and made them one. together. <laughs> I yeah, think it's a so, good idea. So I think that's the number one tip I would yeah. give. Is... And I think that parents really don't understand the importance of pointing at the words while the child is reading. Because you know it's easy readers, and especially if your child's a little higher, you know that they're tracking with their eyes. But for the majority of students, it will make them better readers quicker. Is that good English? (laughs) Better readers quicker if they track with their fingers while they're learning to read. Well, and a lot of kids, especially young, young kinders, need to be taught. Their eyes need to be trained where to look on the page. They, They really need to train their eyes to be in the right place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you may think that their eye is in the right place, but they could be looking at the balloon in the picture or they their eye might be on the period at the end of the sentence. So the pointing at the words really teaches their eyes to be in the right place and, and uh, to follow the words left to right and then to do the return sweep. And so pointing is really important for those little ones. And one thing that you can do if your child is having a hard time pointing to the words while they're reading is you can take the text of the book because generally it's going to say something like, I can see a dog and the dog is black or, you know, it's going to be easy words. And you can take it and write the con- the text on a piece of paper and then cut it out like I can see a and cut out those words so that you can build the sentence, so I can see. Okay. So you can yeah. separate them. And then have your child push the word while they're reading the word. Or have your child do a circle with that word while they're reading it. And you can do all kinds of fun activities. Or spread them out really far away and then have them jump from one word to the next word. Because you mm-hmm. cut them apart and spread them way apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to make it a great kinesthetic activity. And 
And that that also is a reading recovery trick. Yeah, I know. That's what they... I got it from that reading recovery teacher. too. So that wasn't my own clever idea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what what else can parents do with their kids besides having them point to the words number one? Well, another thing that parents can do with their kids when they're reading guided readers is um, talking about the, the core standards of key details and of author and of illustrator and a title page and, and just general book knowledge is before a child reads, you can talk about, um, you know, who's the author of this story? Well, it says it's so-and-so and you can say, well, the job of an author is to write the books and illustrator. Oh, well, that illustrator is the person who draws the picture and then you can even have your child write some small small little books and have them be the author and the illustrator because those are important um, standards that kids need to understand that someone writes the stories and someone draws the picture. Something some that more. I do with my own son, my own kindergartner, is whenever he brings home a book to read, the first thing I always have him do is take a picture walk through the book. I taught him that that's the first thing he always does. And we did that for a few nights. And then the next night I was doing something else. And so he read with his dad and he starts going through the pictures and his dad goes, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Read the story. And he said, I'm taking a picture walk first. And I told his dad, yeah, what? Well, that's what we do first. So a picture walk basically is when you give a child a new book to read, they, you talk about, you know, what I just said, the author and the illustrator, and then you look at the cover and predict maybe what the book's going to be about. And then you turn to the title page and talk about how a title page generally shows more information. And then you leaf through the book page by page, talking about what's on the page. So if the book is about a bear, you can say, oh, well, this bear, what is he doing on this page? Oh, he, this bear's eating a fish. Well, what's the bear doing on this page? And the child will look at the picture and say, well, that, that bear is swimming. Or and the next page, the bear's climbing a tree. And so you, you leaf through the pages until you get to the end of the book. So by taking that picture walk, you have now given your child prior knowledge about what's the context of the book. And so when they begin to read, they'll have a greater basis for which to make context clue. They'll be more likely to be successful because you want them to be successful the first the, when they read through the book. So as much background knowledge as you can build, the more successful they'll be. Another thing that I have to remind myself to do when I'm reading with my son at home and I have to, honestly, I have to remind myself to do it with my students too, is just to wait longer. My tendency mm -hmm. as a mom and a teacher is always to jump in and be like, this is the word. This is how you sound it out. I have to like sit back and be like, no, no, they can do it. No, they can do it. Wait, one, two, no, no, don't tell them. Don't tell them what the word is. No, no. So I think one important thing is to lean on to strategies of teaching kids to read. And so when they approach a word that is unknown to them and you want to jump in and tell them what the word is, to give them 
scaffold them with, well, what's the, what does it start with? Oh, it starts with the C. Well, what's the beginning sound of C? Ka, ka, ka. Okay, get your mouth ready. Let's slide through that word and say the sounds and slide through it. And so help your child um, sound the word out. And then when they don't get it, jump in. And I, I mean, my impulse too, sometimes I'll jump in I just jump in too fast because there's times when he's perfectly capable of figuring out the word and he can figure out the word if I just would like get out of his way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, and it's another thing is it's important to, you're going to get bored with books, but your child doesn't get (laughs) bored with books. So it's important that if your child is bringing home paper copies of books to keep them in a box and pull them out all year long, those books are going to be great uh, for your child to practice and read. I know that I send a lot of our kindergarten kiosk paper copy books out, and the Wonders Program has their own paper books that you send home, and I'm sure other reading programs do. So... Teachers are sending home a lot of paper books, and parents, you're getting a lot of paper books. Don't throw them out because you can use them all year long. Just read them over and over and over and over and over again. And then color them because they're paper, and that's fun. <laughs> yeah, make them find, paper. Find all your favorite words in it and color them blue. <laughs> oh, so when I think back at my childhood, the most important, Probably my best memories all have to do with books. And we didn't own many books in my home. We did have one set of books that were short stories. And it was a set of like nine books. And now I only own eight because Lindsay stole one from the set. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember reading those. <laughs> I remember reading those over and over and over again. And, and, But the great equalizer in the ability for children to have books is the library and the bookmobile. And my fondest memories are of the bookmobile. And I just loved how, you know, to a little girl in a small rural town with only a few books in their home, it made it so that I, the world was open to me. And so I always get emotional emotional? when I talk about the bookmobile because I learned so many things from books that I never would have had the opportunity to know. Tell everybody what the bookmobile was. Was, Wasn't it like a little school bus? Yeah. Well, actually, in this new community I live, there is a bookmobile. bookmobile And it comes comes to my school every other Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you circled back to the bookmobile. I circled back to the bookmobile. It was just kind of like a little library and a little bus, wasn't it? Yeah. The bookmobile in Utah it has it gets its book from the state library in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and so it just has books in there. And if you want a certain book, you ask the librarian, and she'll bring that certain book the next time the bookmobile mm-hmm. comes. Or you just go check out the books that they tell you to read, and and that's when I fell in love with Little House on the Prairie, and Katie Woodlawn, and Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I love those books. Because the bookmobile brought them all to you? Yep. In Chester, Utah? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I guess the point is to just make story times a special memory for you and your child. That's maybe that's the most important mm-hmm. tip. Yep. And remember that even though the book is old to you, the book is always fresh and new to your child. And and when they're memorizing it and they're repeating the story over and over and over again, and they ask you to read Cinderella for the 2,000th time, <laughs> and they can repeat every word in the story, know that all those times are so important, and those are the important things that are going to make your child a lifelong learner and a great independent reader. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that this gave you some tips you can share if, with parents, or if you are a parent, this gave you some ideas. Uh, you yeah. can learn more about us at kindergartenkiosk.com, and you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. So let's do a giveaway. Ooh, a giveaway, huh? A giveaway. What's she going to give away? Because we want um, parents to be reading with their children at home and give teachers more resources to use in their classroom to do guided reading. Let's give away our bear-themed sightword readers. And it has one, two, three, four, five, six. It has... Um, six books in it, six paper books, My Teddy Bear, The Brown Bear, Little Bear and His Friends, Bear Facts, Color Bears, and The Three Bears. This is, this is my one. favorite set. Yeah, you love your bear stuff. I you do love bears. And this is of the bear stuff. This is a great set. And the levels of the books are level B through E. So it's a good variety of guided reading levels. So how about... We do the code READ. All right. And they get 100% off? Is that what you're doing? 100% off. It's yours for free. So, Lindsay, put the link on our podcast. On our podcast. Code is READ. But you you notice any time we have a code in the podcast, I don't put it in the description of the podcast. It's a secret. It is a secret. You have to listen to the podcast to know it. We have to know if you listen all the way to the very end. (laughs) So this book will be listed on as for sale, but only if you listen will you know that if you click on that link, it's yours for free. Because we just want everyone to have a lot of books and enjoy reading with your children. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's edupodcastnetwork.com Now can I listen to it?